Before this episode kicks in, I want to take a second to thank a very special listener. Uh, We have our first review for this podcast. After 5,000 downloads and 29 episodes, we finally have one. Uh, And as I said in previous episodes, this person will be entered into a contest to win National Land Realty swag. So stay tuned for other reviews as they come in on Apple Podcasts. Apple Podcasts is really the only place to leave written reviews like this. So just keep that in mind. So let's read this out loud. Gold, solid gold is the title. This podcast never ceases to amaze me with the amount of insight that is given in every single episode. All of the questions are extremely insightful, and I have yet to have a question left unanswered when listening to Mac and the guests he has on the show. Let's not thank me for any of that. It's all the guests. Uh, They're very knowledgeable, and it's great. Uh, If you want to learn more about land or how to be the best land professional in your market, you need to listen to this show. If you're a landowner and want to learn more about how to utilize or improve your land, you need to listen to this show. It is gold in your pocket. Ladies and gentlemen, we didn't even pay for this review. Uh, This came in uh, just after we announced our contest. So, Brad, Chris, thank you. Uh, And stay tuned for other reviews as they come in. Now, let's get on with this show. Welcome to episode number 29 of the National Land Realty Podcast, where we discuss all things land. Our goal here is to inform, educate, and entertain those of you who own land or are interested in the buying and selling of land throughout the United States. My name is Mac Christian, and I am the Chief Marketing Officer here at National Land Realty. I'll be your host for this episode. In this episode, I'm talking with the president of National Land Realty, Jason Burbage. Most of our shows focus on land improvements, the things that we do to change the land to suit our needs. This discussion takes a different approach. Land has a profound impact on us. It can strengthen us, guide us, and it can shape us. Jason Burbage has been profoundly influenced by his relationship with the land. Born with a complication that affected his hands, he has turned what could have been a defeat into a strength. Much of this is due to his own perseverance and his upbringing, but as you will hear, the land around him has helped guide his journey. This is his story, enjoy. I am sitting here with Jason Burbage, uh, president of National Land Realty, and this is sort of a unique conversation on, we arrived here, right, because, you know, we're always trying to get guests on the show, and and as, as I'm kind of going through this, you know, I hadn't had you on the show in a while, and, and it's just something like, I want to get you on here as much as possible, mostly just because of your experience um, with, with land sales, your knowledge of the industry. You know, you're featured on RFD TV all the time and you're working with our agents all the time. You advise people on on sales practice and best practice for for interacting with clients and everything. And so I was thinking in that range, but we started talking and, you know, because I, I obviously sound really organized with this. And we started talking about, uh, you know, what should we talk about? And the, you had written the blog uh, on the National Land Realty blog about dealing with the hand that you're dealt. And we started talking about that blog a little bit and the conversation kept on coming back to land and sort of how the land shaped who who you are. And that is sort of the conversation at hand, I think where we've arrived is talking about how your life has been shaped by the land around you. And it's just a cool experience. And so you were born with unique circumstances. Um, and so rather than me tell your story, how about you tell me about it a little bit? Yeah, yeah. So this is, uh, 
this is this is this is interesting how we all came how we came to this. I, it's it's awkward for me sometimes to talk about myself, um, and the reason why it's awkward is because for the early years of my life, um, it, I didn't want to go anywhere where I'd have to explain to somebody, you know, why I didn't have any fingers. Right. And that's, that's, and that's the story, right? You, you were, that's born the story with, without, without any fingers, like just not, not removed, nothing like that. That's just, it came out that way. And exactly. I was, I was, so I was, um, I was born without fingers on either hand. My hands did not develop. Um, and, uh, I'm the oldest. I've got a younger brother who's two years younger than me. And I'm 46 year old, years old. I was born in 1976. And so when I was born, um, it was kind of a shock because there, there was no like preliminary warning that, that uh, you know, something was wrong. And um, so, yeah, so I was born with that finger. So the, the, I never got a, like a definite medical like reason why um, the theory is that the umbilical cord restricted growth, um, which is probably what happened. Um, so, so yeah, that's it. I mean, I, I'm a normal guy, just like anybody else, except I don't have five fingers on each hand. Which presents unique challenges just from, you know, just, just interacting with people, right? Like it's not something you can hide. You can't like, you know, it's, it's pretty obvious that it's there. And so, you know, you have to find new ways to overcome things and, you know, it's a very unique story just in general. Yeah. So it's, you know, it unique is a great way to put it. I think that uh, first of all, I'll say this, that, that I consider it a, to be a blessing. Um, um, I first came to that point when I, when I got older and more mature and started understanding what life was really about and what, um, people really have to deal with real world examples, especially amputees and folks that go through situations where they have all their limbs and then they experience something, whether it's war or some kind of accident that causes them to lose them. Um, and I have so much respect for, um, for folks who have to go through that experience and come out better on the other hand. And there is a laundry list of people who, I mean, there's thousands of people who um, who live life every day uh, as an amputee, and technically, I'm an amputee. Except my amputations never never happen. My amputations happened before I came out of the womb, basically. Right. So, mm -hmm. um, so it's a blessing in that standpoint because I had to learn how to figure out. I had to learn how to do things because I didn't, there was no other way to do it. I mean, I, uh, so. I was, it's a blessing because I was forced to immediately start figuring out how to do things from, from birth. And, um, I'm also very blessed because I was born to parents, uh, my mother and my father who, you know, took a, a, a unexpected circumstance and turned it into an opportunity, um, basically because they fortunately decided that you know, they were going to take a proactive approach with this and not a, this sucks. And, you know, we're going to have to take care of this kid for the rest of our lives. And, 
you know, that sort of thing. I mean, don't get me wrong. It's just like anybody when you deal with something that's a major life altering experience like this, that you don't have your moments of, of oh my gosh, what am I going to do? This is not what I had in mind when I was thinking about my first child being born and all that kind of stuff. But, um, but they basically set the foundation for me uh, from this mindset of, all right, this is, this is the circumstance that you've got. Where's the opportunity that's going to be in it. And um, so that's kind of, that's the, that's the, that's the beginning of the story basically. And um, you know, because of that, and this is, it's the best decision that anybody's ever made for me on my behalf was my parents deciding they were going to be, you know, uh, they were going to look at this from a glass half full mindset as from an opportunistic mindset and really pour into me um, instead of just deciding they were just going to do everything for me. Um, they set the foundation for, you know, me figuring out how to do things. And if I came to them and said, Hey, I want to try this. It was, it was never a, no, you can't, you don't have hands. It was okay. Let's figure it out. And I guarantee you, because I'm a parent of three boys right now, I guarantee you, I would come. I'm sure I came to them with some harebrained idea. And, you know, my mom and a dad, would, my mom or my dad would go think to themselves, God, this is going to be a waste of time. You know, I don't have time to do this right now. But even if they were thinking it, they, they, they did it anyway. And it set up a great example for me uh, to, um, you know, in my role as a father now when, you know, one of my sons comes to me and says, hey, can we go do this? And I'm thinking, you are not old enough to be, you know, going off with a sharp knife and going and doing something along those lines <laughs> or whatever, you know, whatever it may be. Um, but, uh, but yeah, that's, it's, that's where it started. And, um, you know, it set the foundation for where I am today. Yeah, and so, so from the sounds of it and from from the conversations that we've had, I mean, and this, it really plays into everything I know of you, right? Like, because you're always talking about the lesson of, do you let the situation dictate you or do you look for the opportunities in the situation? And it's kind of a foundation of everything that you talk about as as just a person. And and so you can kind of see where that's set up. But then what, what you were talking about too before was you just your, your parents bought a place by a creek and you had 15 acres and you sort of learned how to conquer the world on your own out there, you know, going out into it and just figuring things out. And then your parents sort of enabling this process of like, you know, the, the world's not going to change for you. How, how do you go out and figure things out to where you can, you can master the world around you sort of thing. Yeah, it's it's so funny because we were talking about this. I never really, I thought about you know my life a lot, obviously, but I, I'd never really, really put it into a framework of how much um, the woods and the land and the water you know, molded me. I mean, it 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 it's a big part of me. It's the reason why I'm in this business, um, but specifically tied to my involvement with all that, you know, so again, as you mentioned, my parents owned some land and they built a modest house on it. And, you know, I think it's important to understand too, that, you know, I, I grew up in, in rural South Carolina on the coast, uh, about an hour South of Charleston and, um, in a, in a 
very blue collar, lower middle class uh, type of environment. And my father was a newspaper reporter at the time and um, before he kind of really made his way in, in that business. Um, so we didn't have a lot of money, but they were able, they had a dream. My parents had a dream to own some land in the country and own some land on some water. And um, they were able to figure out a way to, to make that happen and build a, you know, a nice little house. And uh, it was just an awesome environment to grow up in with my brother. And uh, so, you know, growing up in that lifestyle, you know, we didn't have any extravagant resources or anything like that. We didn't have, you know, there's no cable back then. So if you wanted multiple channels, you had to have a giant satellite dish. Well, we didn't have that. We had a tiny little black and white TV. And uh, so that wasn't a part of the landscape, no video games or anything like that. It was like, if you're bored, go outside. And fortunately, I didn't have to worry about going outside and getting kidnapped or run over by a car or anything like that. I went outside, I went to the woods or I went to the creek. And, um, you know, a lot of times my brother and I were out there together doing stuff or my, I was with my dad or with my mom. And uh, being in that environment introduced me to situations that I would normally experience if I was growing up and, and never had access to the outdoors. So, um, so that shaped me, you know, being, if I was off by myself and I wanted to climb a tree or I wanted to build a fort or whatever it may be, you know, I figured out a way to do it, even though I didn't have any hands. And, um, so yeah, it's 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 just amazing how being out in God's creation like that, experiencing um, experiencing just the the life altering, um, just power of being in nature like that can can do, especially for a kid that you know coming from my background and my circumstance. It, it's just it's amazing how God used the outdoors to help me develop into and give me confidence um and realize that i could be my own person that i could go and do things on my own and all that kind of stuff so just simply by being able to go outside and you know have a little acreage around some trees and you know wildlife and all that kind of stuff i was going to say there's something there's something really life-altering about the first time that you go outside and you i might call it getting a boo-boo but like the first time you get a boo-boo and you can't your mom can't hear you <laughs> yeah. you gotta figure it out for yourself like oh how do i get myself out of this no one knows where i am and you have to yep. you come up with that mental fortitude of like okay get up is it bleeding you know like there's this there's this whole pro it's it's that sort of where you you have parents as sort of a crutch as far as safety net and stuff and pushing yourself outside of that safety net inspires growth. You know, it would like we say it all the time internally that that growth comes from being uncomfortable and sort sort of getting outside like that and doing that. I wanted to ask you, are you is your brother younger or older than you? He is younger than me. He's two years younger than me. Gotcha. So he's the annoying one in in the relationship that, that you had to tolerate. I was gonna figure out back then, mean. yes. Yeah. Back yeah. Then, yes. <laughs> These days he's a he's 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 a, he's a, he's a, he's a minister these days. So, um, it, the tables are flipped. I go to him for, for advice all the time now. Whereas back then it was like, get out of my way. You yeah. Know? Yeah. Exactly. Lean on him. Yeah. 
that's a good you know and i think that's needed i think that's needed with any kind of you know brothers and sisters like that where you can like you learn that you can lean on the younger one um so you, you mentioned also that that sort of as your life evolved you kind of like picked up more land as you went along right like the, the what you were exposed to sort of expanded and by your teenage years you, you were like running around on a seven thousand acre like plantation setup right yeah it's so just a little bit and i didn't even tell you this when we were talking before so a little bit more background is that yeah, my yeah. grandfather um my grandfather on my mom's side um grew up in the same little community that that i grew up in a little community called sheldon south carolina and um he farmed um the, the coastal farming in south carolina uh you're talking more produce and stuff like that than what you would expect in the midwest um but they farmed and they had cattle and and all kinds of stuff from that perspective so you know this kind of environment is what my mom grew up with and what you know my dad grew up in town and he wanted to be he wanted to create that kind of lifestyle as well so um so learning how to to fish and learning how to you know learning gun safety and the importance of what hunting really is it's not just going and killing things that it's 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 much more than than that right um was something that was you know part of my lifestyle uh from from the get-go horses um you know I, I, the, the first injury i ever major injury i ever had was i fell off my horse when i was like three or four and broke my collarbone so that was the first literally brush yourself up and get back on the horse you know sort of experience that i had um and then um you know so you were riding at like four yeah i mean you know it, horses are a big part of my family and so yeah i mean i had a it was a pony um but as soon as i could sit up there my, my mom had me up there and i was riding and you know it was uh i don't actively ride anymore from a competitive standpoint but it was something that became a big part of my life actually uh as well and of course you know, having the land to be able to ride a horse around on was was a, a key component of it. Um, but yeah, so you know, eventually, as as I got older, uh, my parents ended up splitting up, and mom ended up remarrying. Um, and my stepfather, uh, they're still married today. Uh, my stepfather managed uh, a seven thousand acre property, um, in in the same general area where Sheldon was, and. So I got introduced to all that from, you know, my, my stepfather being the caretaker of the place and, you know, had the ability to be able to, to go off and explore even more beyond uh, what I had in, in, on Huspa Creek, which is, um, which is where our, our old house was. So I had the, you know, I had that little world on Huspa Creek, which really was, we had the woods and the fields and that kind of stuff and the horses, but the creek was a huge part of of, of all that and then shipping over to the plantation that kind of that grew the the whole hunting the bigger picture of the hunting side of things you know from waterfowl and you know deer and turkeys and and just getting off i mean that was an amazing experience to be able to just be able to get off and get out and there would be literally nobody around and getting stuck on my four-wheeler and having to figure out how to get home you know so i'm <laughs> you know, 14 years old and it's dark and I've got to walk home. And, you know, it's again, it's, it's, it was 
just an amazing part of my life to be able to, you know, figure out fortitude from, from that type of perspective. Well, and you, you talked in the, in the beginning of this conversation about how you would bring things to your parents and how, how you would get an idea to go do something, but it, it sort of sounds a little bit like, like they also drove you. I mean, cause I'm, I'm thinking yeah. about, I'm thinking about putting, putting a kid on a horse at, at four. And I can think too, like I have pictures of me on a horse at elk camp. I think I was three months old. I mean, there's just some parents that do things different. Right. And, but yeah. like, it sounds like your parents took the perspective of, and, and correct me if I'm wrong here, but it sounds like they didn't give you a chance to think about limitations. They were, they kind of put you into life in kind of like, we ride horses and whether you have, you know, fingers or not, we ride horses. So figure it out. And, and like, it's, Man, that is a, just an awesome way to explain it. And nobody's ever said it that way, but that's the honest to God truth. I mean, when I say I was riding a horse at three, I'm talking about riding by myself. Like, so just like you, I was on a horse's back as, as an infant. Um, so yeah, it's like we ride horses, so you need to figure out how to ride a horse. We love the outdoors, so you need to figure out how to be able to be able to you know, survive in the outdoors. We love to fish. We love to hunt. We love to do all this kind of stuff. And we want you to be able to participate in that. So our attitude is we're going to figure out a way for you to be able to do it. And I mean, the, I, the first fishing rod I had, you know, my dad bought me one of those little push button, um, you know, bass buster type setups <laughs> and had a friend customize the, um, uh, the knob on the reel that basically fashioned a little bracket that I could put my right hand in so that it wouldn't slip off. I mean, it's little things like that, that that may seem so insignificant when you do it, but it's like, it's, I'll never forget that. And this, it, it set the seed of, you know, there's always a way to figure something out. And so, you know, that little things like that to, uh, to learning how to shoot, uh, learning. I mean, the first shotgun I ever got was a pump and people are probably thinking, well, why in the world did they give him a pump? How does he pump the pump? <laughs> you know, how's he shucking? And, um, well, manufactured a little, um, hook for lack, lack of better words that went on the forearm. Um, so that I could pump it. And the reason why I had a pump is because the pump is the safest type of, gun for outside of a single shot for somebody to learn on i was gonna say um, if you think that's difficult picture like i mean operating a single shot or a break action would have been even nastier to figure like actually makes a lot of sense yeah so i mean so it's just figuring out ways and i just you know it's again the, the the whole negative of my parents splitting up i mean divorce is terrible and and you've got to understand that for me that was a major I talked about foundation row. That was my foundation. And then that, you know, life brought changes, which life does. And unfortunately, with my parents splitting up, but, you know, in another way, I was introduced to a whole other environment, you know, and with my stepfather coming into the picture. And I mean, I could go on down the road because my dad eventually remarried and I learned, you know, real estate from my stepmother. I mean, right. I wouldn't, I wouldn't have learned everything that I learned about selling, you know, houses and that kind of stuff if she hadn't been in the picture. And so, um, 
so again, you can you can tie things back to like, well, this is a, such a negative and so awful and everything else, or you can choose to find the opportunity. What's the opportunity that's in it? And I just continue to, I, that's just been a big part of, you know, me being who I am. And um, it's incredibly helpful in this day and age because I don't consider myself to have limitations beyond, you know, anybody else for that matter. I mean, I, I pretty much, you know, accomplished all the, you know, the physical limitation side of things. And so now it's just like, I'm no different than anybody else. I'm just trying to, you know, get by day by day and, you know, learn how to learn how to live life and navigate through all the stuff that life brings along. And um, somebody told me one time who was dealing with some other struggles that he, of them, that he had, we were talking through things and he said, yeah, you got it easy. You know, I'm like, well, how do I have it easy? He's like, you had your whole life to deal with all this stuff that you had to deal with. So it's prepared you to deal with, you know, things when they happen. And I'm like, I've never really looked at it from that perspective before. Um, you know, uh, I disagreed with him, of course, but I mean, I can understand why he had that perspective. That's a unique way to, to look at it. it as it as in you know well you dealt with this your whole life it's easy for you like you, it's one of the like I'm sure the first reaction is like you think this is easy <laughs> yeah. yeah and of course he didn't mean I mean he didn't no mean no, 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 I mean, no it was it was it was the mindset I mean what he was talking about was my mindset and yeah, yeah. Um, and but again that's something that I work at every day I mean it is a daily thing for me. Um, and I am, I am fortunate. I, you know, I believe that I was born. I mean, I, first of all, I believe that we're all born with specific purposes. I mean, God gives us a reason for being alive. Um, and I believe he made me the way that he made me for a specific reason. So, um, and that's to be able to help people, you know, help people get through hard times. And it's, it's, it's a benefit for me because I, I enjoy doing that. Um, but it, it's also helpful when, you know, I'm dealing with the stuff that we all deal with. We all deal with stuff. I mean, this, again, it's life in general. And so it's a, when I refer to being born this way as a blessing, I'm blessed because I've got maybe a different perspective about looking at things that the, uh, I think I can't do air quotes, but just pretend I'm doing air quotes. The normal people do, um, you know, all you normal people got got the short end of the stick when it came to all this kind of stuff. Yeah, and it sounds, I mean, just just from the sounds of what what you were raised with, right? There, there's a unique perspective that comes with that. Because, I mean, like, you go to school, you do the things at school, and you learn how to do the school things. And, you, and you're around people, and you, there's, like, the normal complications of just interactions with people. And then like, so you go through all the normal kids stuff and then you get to come home to a family where then you can kind of step outside into this free space and you get to dictate the rules and you get to decide what you're going to conquer. And not only did you have that, but you had the opportunity to do that with a family that enabled it, right? Like there's this whole setup there to where it, like it's, it's so easy for people to, to feel like a victim in, in difficult circumstance. And when, when you get an opportunity there to go into something and, and learn how to not be that right to, 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 to create your own rules and to go into the world like this, it, it sounds like you, you had a very fortunate circumstance there, right? Cause it could, it could have gone the other way, right? You might not have had that freedom. Yeah. And I, I think that, 
that was a really, really great way of explaining it. I mean, it's funny. I mean, you've said two things now that I've never thought about from that perspective. <laughs> and um, so, you know, when I was young, I, I had a victim mindset. I mean, I, it was, I mean, I, I didn't like who I was. I didn't want to go out in public. I didn't want to go place. Like I didn't want to, if, if, if I was invited to a birthday party, it was a big deal for me to know who was going to be there. And if there were going to be a lot of kids who I didn't know, I didn't want to go because I didn't want to have to explain myself. You're just going to say that you have to explain it. I didn't want to, I was, it, it, it got so old answering the question, what happened to your hands? I mean, it was just every day, constant, or, you know, people staring at you, not just kids, adults too. I mean, it's, it's, it's nuts how adults act. Um, in, in, in ways too. But so I was very much in a place don't get me wrong. I don't, I don't think I was ever depressed or anything like that, but I very much prayed every day for God to make me normal. I mean, so that was a, that was a part of my life. And, and, but I think the reason why I didn't get into any kind of depression is number one, because of what you mentioned about the family structure that I had and that foundation and the, then the ability to be able to go, if I came home and I had a rough day, to be able to go outside. And, you know, I was fortunate enough to have a few acres to be able to go mess around on or a creek to play in. But, you know, I was thinking about this, you know, the other day, I was like, any family that introduces the outdoors to their kids is introducing an opportunity to be able to not only experience what makes this world so special and makes the United, what makes the United States special and everything else, but it provides an outlet for kids to be able to deal with the stuff that kids have to deal with. Um, it's, it's escape is not the right word because you're not escaping. You're just, you're, you're putting yourself in an environment that's different and it's, it can be so healthy and beneficial for you. Um, so I think that's why I became so passionate about, the outdoors and um, I've been active in, in conservation, not, not as an environmentalist, but as a conservationist. Um, not there's anything wrong with environmentalism by any means either. Um, there is a difference. Yeah. There is a difference um, because I believe in the power of the great outdoors. And for us to live in a country where we've got, you know, where you are in Idaho, for instance, you know, your ability to be able to go and experience the outdoors, even not being a, not having to own the land, but just simply being able to go out and experience it is awesome. Um, for those families who take their kids on camping trips and go to the national parks and do all that kind of stuff, that is phenomenal because you're, you're introducing children to the power of, of what the great outdoors can accomplish. And then that, of course, plants the seed for the other great thing that's so fantastic about living in this country is that you've got the ability to be able to own land. You know, you have that ability if you're able to, you know, create that type of, of opportunity for yourself. And um, so it's a pretty cool way to be able to tie a career uh, into all that, too. And, and you, you know, like you said, through, through your life, ended up in a situation where you've been able to form a career and, and a lifestyle around just land in general, right? Yeah. So in our company, if you ask, and we always ask this question, 
when we're interviewing people who want to join national land, you know, what, the question is, why, why do you want to be in this business? Um, but if, if you ask any one of our field team members, they'll tell you because I love the outdoors. I mean, that's what makes this being a land broker, our land specialist so awesome is that your office is the outdoors. Like people have offices, but they're rarely in them, you know, um, or their office is their truck. I mean, that's, that's, that's reality for, for our team. And so when I was, you know, getting to the age of deciding what I want to make a career out of and that sort of thing, um, you know, I knew what I didn't want to do. I didn't want to be stuck on a desk. And so I was like, I can't I want to be a doctor or a banker or a lawyer or anything like that. Um, and I want to do something related to the outdoors. And so that eventually got me into where I am today. So I've got a 20 plus year career in this. But the irony behind all of it is that now I'm stuck behind a desk uh, in, my, in, my, in my role now. Well, I want to rewind really quick. So it, what just just listening to the progression of your story, which I think is so cool, is you talked about being young with a victim mindset. And I think that I think that anybody who goes through hardship at a young age does develop this like, why me? Like is, is the question you always ask, like, wh- how how did I draw this card? And because and like, you know, I, I went through that with my own stuff. And, and I think that anybody who has been through that goes through that stage. But you start out telling this story of how, you know, I was young and, and, you know, I prayed every night to be, you know, to not have what I have, like to be different. And, and in, like you use the word normal, but it's just to be to have a different circumstance. And you felt like a victim of circumstance. Fast forward, you're talking about your career and you're thinking, I don't want to be a doctor. I don't want to be a, a lawyer. Like, it, so not only had you evolved to the point of not feeling like a victim anymore, but actually knowing that you have an opportunity to do anything that you want to do and then turning down what you don't want and targeting what you do want. Like, that's quite the shift. That's a huge shift in someone's life to be able to, to, to target things on that level or to think about things like that. Yeah, and I can attribute that to... I developed that frame of mind because, as I mentioned before, the foundation that my family set for me and then evolving into you know, a, a new scenario with my mom remarrying and, and, and all that kind of stuff. And so, you know, every day along the way, there was different challenges. Eventually, I overcame the physical stuff. And, you know, I became an accomplished, uh, uh, competed in cutting, showing cutting horses, which anybody watches Yellowstone, that's a big part of the, the narrative. So that I did that cutting horses, um, and was pretty, pretty successful with that. Um, I played all kinds of sports, um, ended up football ended up being my favorite sport, but I played, you know, we didn't have lacrosse back then. Like, that wasn't as crazy as it is now, but I'm sure if we did, I would have figured out a way to play it, but I played baseball and basketball. And, um, football and all that kind of fun stuff, soccer. But I, I didn't figure this out till later, um, much later. But what I, what, what I did was I figured out how to be content with my circumstances. And by figuring that out, it allowed me to have a mindset of, I don't have to go down a path that's, you know, somebody thinks that I need to go down. 
Um, and I didn't have anybody pushing me in any direction. I mean, my parents were always like, you know, be who you want to be. You don't have to be anything. I mean, be you. Uh, that was a big thing. I mean, it was like, you be you. Um, so, you know, this concept of being content with your circumstances is, is something that, as you know, I, I talk about a lot nowadays, now that I've kind of figured out what that really is. And, um, momentum and movement is a huge part of my life now. And, um, contentment is not, it's not settling. It's not accepting, well, this is just the way it's going to be, so I'm going to have to live with it sort of thing. Contentment is a place where you're acknowledging that this is what you have to deal with, uh, but you have a mindset of, I'm still moving forward. So this certain environment may not be very pleasant. It might suck. I might want to change it, but I'm not going to feel sorry for myself and just wish that it goes away or I'm not going to give up. I've been through that evolution early on, the feeling sorry for yourself and all that. And so, you know, that, that was a, you know, it was formidable before me and I'd already figured out some accomplishments and, and figured out that I could be successful at things. And, um, you know, I ended up being pretty good at building relationships and whatnot. So, you know, I went off to college and decided I was going to figure it out from there. And, I'm still figuring it out for that matter. I mean, but, um, but yeah, that, that was, that was a, that was a big thing for me to be able to get to that place. Yeah. And, and it, it, the, the role, the role the land played in that is what I kind of found fascinating when, when you and I were talking originally, because, and I spoke to this a little bit before we started recording is, is we spend so much time on on you know this podcast or all of our communications that we have pretty much everything we talk about as as you know land brokers is what can you do to improve the land oh should i put a pond here should i you know should i build you know a food plot here uh it, you know what's the soil like what's the ph so i can you know what what crops to plant like we're always looking at ways that we can guide and improve the land according to our image of the land and it's not very often that we stop and think in that whole process, how the land shapes us. And, and just with you talking about it, there's a real true testimony to, to actual foundational changes that, that you've experienced. And I thought it was just a really powerful story just on those lines. Yeah, it's, it's, I'm so glad we did this because I've never really thought about it from that perspective either. I mean, as specific as what you just, as eloquently as you just basically said that. Um, I mean, it's, it's just caused me to have so much just flashbacks to the first time I went duck hunting, the first time I broke a clay pigeon, the first time, you know, I, you know, I harvested my first deer. I mean, you know, the first time I caught a big fish, you know, whether it was, you know, a big trout or if it was, you know, my first big tuna I caught offshore. Um, it's, those are the, how it molded me is I've said this before. It's the confidence that it gave me of being able to be in a, to be in a scenario, to try something, to accomplish it and go, okay, I'm not that much different than anybody else. And in fact, I'm going to be the best. 
that's the that's the attitude that I'm going to take. So I want to outshoot anybody that you know. I'm going to work to be the best. I want to be the best shot. I want to be the best fisherman. I want to be the most accurate. You know, with a rifle. Uh, I want to be the best cutting horse rider, um, the best on the football field, or whatever it may be. And by the way, I'm not. I'm not the best at any of those things. Um, <laughs> the, the mindset to work for it is the thing. That that's exactly right. And that's again the, the the thinking about how the land had a role in all that is that it it gave me it helped me develop that mindset that I want to be the best. And the best is not arriving at the top of the mountain and going, I did it. And now everybody look at me at how awesome I am and sitting down and going, okay, I've, I've done it. And that's it. Um, it's the, it's the process. Um, the best is about the process and um, the, the attitude that you've got to bring every day and, and how you respond to what life throws at you and, you know, picking yourself off before those days that you have bad days because I have bad days, you know, I'm no different than anybody else. And where I, you know, go back and tell my friend that I was having that conversation with and said, I was lucky because I went through all this stuff. Um, yeah, it, it, it helped for sure. But I still have bad days. You know, I have days where I'm like, you know, I don't want to do with this. I don't want to deal with whatever the scenario is. Um, and I think that's a big part of why, you know, I alluded to the fact before that now I'm stuck behind a desk, you know, I came full circle. Um, I still have the opportunity to be out, outdoors and, and thankfully I'm um, with a company and in a career that I have the opportunity to still do that, not on the daily basis like I did previously. But I also get to fulfill a greater purpose in, you know, being able to work with great people and, you know, those folks in our company, whether it be our staff, our support crew, um, like, like you and, and your team or our field team or sales team or uh, the opportunity that I still have clients that, that still, you know, reach out to me for, for help and I'm able to hook them up with, you know, great team members that we've got. That's still a very fulfilling thing. And, um, you know, it just allows me to continue working towards, you know, the personal mission that I've got. Um, you know, it helps me to take another step forward, the purpose that I feel like I have for being on this earth. So it's, uh, it's really cool. Land had a big part in all that. Well, yeah. And, and I, what, something I, I wanted to highlight it just myself because I just feel the need to, uh, like what, what you've just done here, I think is pretty, uh, I, I would say different than what, a typical company president president would do, especially of national land size is kind of just throw their life story out there for others to learn from. There's, there's an, there's an image that a lot of executives project of invulnerability or unflappability in, in front of people. And for you to, to be as vulnerable as you just were and to, to sort of, because you know a lot of a lot of agents are going to listen to this and sort of let them know what you're all about and and in a sense just culture is created from the top down in any organization who the president is is who everybody else will be and so for you to lay that story out there it's not very common so just wanted to uh to express appreciation of that man that's uh that's a very cool thing for you to do yeah well I, you know I just... 
I didn't wake up this morning planning on doing it exactly that way. But I kind of put you in the position to do this and kind of, you know, you know, we, we kind of put you on the spot here. So <laughs> it's important to note, though, and those who know me will 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 appreciate this is that the don't take the vulnerability of me sharing what I just shared as me not wanting to get out there and freaking dominate whatever it is that I've got in front of me uh, or anybody that's in my way for that matter. So, um, so anyway, that being said, it's, it's, it's a, it's my honor to be able to, to be able to share this time with you and talk about this. I mean, it's, it's, it's an, I mean, again, man, I mean, to be able to think about my life and, and how, you know, the outdoors and, and the woods and water and land in general have been a, just a huge part of it. It's just, I, it's why I'm so passionate about what, what we do, what we do here as a company. And then, you know, my small part in it, um, from, a from a, from a leadership perspective. Absolutely. Well, I think it's reflected. Um, you know, it's been a very successful company and it continues to be, and, uh, the 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 mindset of exactly what you just said being vulnerable is not weakness we still seek out to dominate our industry and be the best that we can be at all times and there's a constant measuring stick of perfection and improving and improving on top of perfection um so that that is always there so yeah much thanks to you appreciate you rolling with this i know i kind of like we we put this together at, at the last second and put kind of ideated this before the show. And uh, so I want to express my, uh, my gratitude for you rolling with this. Yeah, it's, it's my pleasure. And I, I, I want to add one more thing. Just one last note here. The mission of National Land Realty is that we exist to make things grow. And we believe that that's such an important part of the culture of this organization, because in order to serve our clients in the manner that, that I expect, you know, I want us to be coming in from a standpoint of how can we get better? How can we help people um, get better? And whether that's, you know, um, in whatever capacity that may be in through the services that we provide. Because in the big picture aspect of things, we're either moving forward or moving backwards. There's no, there's no middle ground. Like there's no, there's no like, you're never, you're never not doing something. And I always want to be moving forward. That's incredibly important to me. Um, and it's important for, for people to understand that. You're either moving forward or you're moving backwards. So we have a growth mindset. Um, it's the mission of our organization. Um, it's built around whom we serve. And it's important because in the grand scheme of things, we sell dirt. I mean, there's there's... There's a lot special with what we do, but I mean, quite simply, we sell dirt. Um, and the cool thing is that there's a lot of good stuff that grows out of dirt. Um, so, you know, our mindset is in my mind, my personal mindset when it comes to growth is, you know, it's not about for me, it's not about aspiring to be the biggest or the best. So I don't wake up every day going, I want to, I want to be the, the, the biggest land brokerage in the country. Um, because it's, it's really the meat behind that. It's the process. Um, if I'm showing up every day and living my life in a manner of trying to be my best and aspiring to be the best, whether it's the best you know, president of a company or the best husband or the best father or the best friend of somebody or best coworker, 
And my focus is on how do I get better and how do I be the best because I want to be the best and understanding this process, not necessarily arriving at the mountaintop. That if I focus on the process, then everything else is going to take care of itself. And fortunately, I'm surrounded by a lot of people who share the same type of mentality. I think that's why we've accomplished what we've been able to accomplish. That's why we have a, a tremendous future ahead of us. Um, but we're going to do it because of our focusing on the best and what that means day in and day out, not simply being able to call ourselves something. So I wanted to share that because that's, that's been a big part of my life. That's how I've been able to accomplish the things that I've accomplished. And hopefully that rubs off on other people as well. And if that's been the case, then I feel like that I'm making the most, making the best out of the circumstances that I was given and have figured out a way to be content with. Um, so that ultimately, you know, I'm able to leave a legacy through our company and, you know, whatever else that may be that, that makes a difference when it's all said and done. Excellent. Well, I appreciate your time. Uh, absolutely appreciate it. My pleasure. This concludes episode number 29 of the National Land Realty Podcast, discussing the journey of National Land Realty President Jason Burbage and the way the land has shaped that journey. You can learn more about land ownership and the buying and selling of land at nationalland.com.